right back. The Bill Michaels Show. Final hour. Good, good stuff. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Um, Ellen was on the line with us before we went to the top of the hour. One of the questions that she had was uh, about uh, the Green Bay Packers and about the draft, considering where they would be drafting if, say, they lose on Sunday and the, con- and the season continues to spiral. What would you go after? I, th- You know what? It's a great question. But I here's a, here's two things to think of. One is you don't know what you're going to need just yet because is Jordan Love the real deal? In a quarterback-heavy draft this year, do you go after a C.J. Stroud? Or do you go after one of the other quarterbacks that are going to be listed so highly coming out of college this year? You've got four or five of them that are, that are pretty good. Do you go in that direction? Uh, if Jordan Love's not the real deal, do you trade him away? pick up an additional draft choice, and then go, which, again, you're not taking a wide receiver. You know, you're not taking a weapon. You would be taking then what would your be, be your future quarterback. So do you go in that direction? Do you take a wide receiver, another one, to fortify the stable that you have of young, up-and-coming wide receivers? Do you go in that direction? Uh, like she said, do you go after a top-notch lineman? I think it's going to be determined upon – what you what you believe you're going to do in the short term next coming next couple of years, and then in all honesty, it's going to be determined about you know uh, what I always say is is especially when you're talking about the top of the draft, best available, best available. Then you go in that direction. What's your best available? So I, I th- th- those are a couple of questions that you would ask. But if you are keeping Aaron Rodgers for the next couple of years, chances are you're not going to keep Jordan Love. So get what you can for him. Bring in another one. Start grooming him. you got maybe a year or two, and then turn the reins over to that guy. That way he doesn't have to play immediately, and you don't have to worry about money after that. That way you know after Aaron Rodgers leaves, your quarterback position is minimal dollars. It's not going to cost you against the cap. Chances are you're getting a pretty good quarterback if indeed you're able to get one of those top-notch guys. And then you work your way from there. Because you're still going to have some high draft choices along the way, plus whatever you get for Jordan Love, to be able to garner and then say, okay, we've got an abundance of draft choices. Let's go after a wide receiver. Let's go after an offensive lineman or two. Let's go after a more go trenches. Best available, go trenches. You know, that type of thing. So then then you go in that direction. But if, if say, Roger says, you know what, this sucks, I'm done, then you start looking for – you know, you're going to be cutting money. So you, I think at that point, you just take best available. And if you believe Jordan loves a guy, then you're not drafting a quarterback. So you're going after a wide receiver. You're going after an offensive lineman. You're going after a defensive lineman, a pass rusher, whatever it is you can find that's going to bolster your team. But I think it becomes a vastly different scenario depending on what Aaron Rodgers decides to do. But it's a great question. Um, by the way, the Eagles coming up on Sunday night, they're going to debut the all-black helmets and jerseys against the Packers on Sunday night. The helmets are going to be worn for the first time, paired with black jerseys and black pants. It's a black color wash on Sunday night coming up for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Green Bay Packers. Ben, do you like it? I do, Bill. Okay. It's kind of electric. Uh, <laughs> I did see a 
Uh, it said, uh, I can't remember who tweeted it out. It was one of the guys in the radio station in Philadelphia that said, uh, it's a picture of Rocky looking around the corner coming out of his front, the front of his house in Rocky 1. God. And it says, check this out. And then there's a picture of Rocky. And I, I had to look at it real quick. But there you go. Going to be the blackout color wash uniforms for the Philadelphia Eagles coming up on Sunday night. Look out. Look out. It wasn't me. I saw some commenters on Twitter say they're dressing up for the Packers' funeral. Dressing all in black. Now, I don't endorse, I don't endorse those comments, but they're out there. You don't negate them either. I, I'm just bringing information to the public. Okay. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, feel free. Um, This hour, pretty much wide open phone lines, uh, whether it's Packers or what have you. I I did get this one, and I I meant to talk about this, and I haven't had a chance to yet, so I'm going to kind of address it real quick now. But but this is from Ben, who says, did you see the proposed trade that Jim Bowden put out regarding Corbin Burns and the Dodgers? I did see that. I did see that. Um, that's almost a no-brainer. It's for the Dodgers' top catching prospect, top infield prospect, and a starter. It would be for all three prospects to be the top prospects out of their farm system. Uh, their catcher is supposed to be, and I can't remember what the kid's name is, supposed to be all that and a bag of chips and then some. I mean, he's supposed to be fantastic. Their top, uh, their top uh, infielder. And then uh, a right-handed starter, I believe, a, what they call a back-of-the-rotation starter for Corb- Corbin Burns. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you would do that uh, if you're the Brewers going into this upcoming season trying to win while you still have these pitching arms in your stable. Um, it is tempting it is a hell of a deal. I, I don't disagree there. But it also, I always worry about what is also the message to your fan base. Because the message to your fan base would then be, hey, we're going to grow these guys. And as soon as these guys that we're going to trade for become eligible to really start making big money, don't get used to them because they're going to be gone too. That's one problem when you have a guy like Corbin Burns who's come up through your system. He's been had incredible success. That's exactly what you want, what you've been hoping for for forever. We've talked about non-homegrown pitching. Now you get not one but two. And you're going to go, boy, these guys are great. We groomed them. This is awesome. we got to get rid of them. And, and it's just the optics, while the business side of it makes a lot of sense, the optics – just look bad but i i understand it in the in the realm of business i understand it 877-867-1670 uh give us a shout 877-867-1670 uh let's go to ken listening to us in stevens point ken how you doing today man what's going on i'm doing great it's interesting listening to the idea about the next draft um, we kind of have a problem because we've got so many expensive people all coming at the same time, especially Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, why not get some really quality linemen, build that up that way, and then when you're ready to go and push ahead, you get that quarterback you need. I mean, we went into this year without a right tackle for sure. Not positive about left tackle when the season started, and we're still in the same situation. Get some good horses in the front, and uh, the good quarterback will get better. 
Well, you hope. I mean, you don't want to end up with Mitch Trubisky. That's for God's sakes. Uh, appreciate the phone call. I, now, again, if you go with, say, an offensive line, if, they, if that's where you want to start, if you say well, you're going to go with horses, okay, and, and that's what he was talking about, getting guys up front. Okay, so it, you would probably then cut loose David Bakhtiari. I don't think you cut loose Elton Jenkins. Going into a second contract, I don't think you do that. I don't, I, I'll put it this way. Yash Nyman's coming up. Elton Jenkins is coming up. I don't think you get rid of three-fifths of your starting offensive line. Because <laughs> let's just say, uh, first of all, if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, you don't do that, right? If you have Jordan Love back there, you don't put him back there against a lackluster offensive line and completely shoot his confidence early either to where he starts to develop bad habits because he's on the run consistently. So I, I don't, I, I don't know that I would cut all those guys loose. Uh, Bakhtiari is probably going to be your salary cap casualty. I can't imagine kicking any more of that money down the road. I just, I, I just can't. He's going to get twenty million plus, and he's going to say, "Hey, thanks for your service. You've been great. Um, you know, obviously, you're probably going to catch on somewhere else. You know, but you're getting rid of him a year, maybe too early, as opposed to a year too late." coming out of that knee injury in the contract. But he, again, I go back to what we talked about in the beginning of the show. Kudos to him because when he has played, specifically here as of late, he's played well. Go back to that Cowboys game. He wasn't giving up any pressures with Micah Parsons and company. He he was the only, one of the only guys that held up with zero pressures on the quarterback coming out of that contest. Highly graded by Pro Football Focus. So, give, I mean, he has played well, but you're just not going to pay him. I don't think you can. You can't. You can't afford to. Uh, but now going back to your question about getting the horses. See, I, I go back to when Ted Thompson took over. When Ted Thompson took over that first year. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers fell into his lap, right? So it was kind of a no-brainer. And and but every remember, everybody said that Ted was crazy. Are you kidding me, Aaron Rodgers? Why would you do that? You got Brett Favre, and look what happened, right? But he just took best available. And Nick Aaron Rodgers proved to be gold. Nick Collins, had he not had the neck injury, he's a Hall of Famer because he was on his way to a Hall of Fame career. After that, you know, Terrence Murphy, Margo Underwood, I guess. But he got Brady Papinga. Um, Will Whitaker was okay, but he really never amounted to anything. But you got three guys out of that. But you, what you were doing was you were just doing best available. Remember the next year? Uh, they had the fifth overall. That's when he got A.J. Hawk. It was A.J. Hawk, Darren College, Greg Jennings, Jason Spitz, um, Tony Maul, Johnny Jolly. That was a fortifying draft in 2006 between getting Aaron Rodgers and Nick Collins. That 2006 draft was, we got nothing to lose. I'm just taking best available. Just taking best available. Now, he tried to outthink himself in 2007 when he picked up Justin Harrell. That was, oh, my goodness. You know, really the, the mainstay out of that 2007 draft was Mason Crosby. That's it. Uh, Brandon Jackson didn't amount to much. Got James Jones. James, I can't forget about James Jones because James Jones came out of that draft. But it was Alan Barber, David Clowney, Corey Hall, Desmond Bishop, Deshaun Wynn. Uh, I can't remember who else. But he got those guys. So 2006 was gold. 2007 was okay because he did get James Jones, but beyond that, you didn't really get much, much withstanding. But then he got Jermichael Finley 
and Jordy Nelson and Josh Sitton the next year. 2008, he hit again. 2009, here comes Clay Matthews, B.J. Raji, T.J. Lang. He got three guys that were going to get you. Then he got Brad Jones in the seventh round. Brad Jones, man, they picked him up. He came into the locker room. You're like, damn, that dude is four. He has got it all. And looked like Tarzan, Tarzan played like change. But got B.J. Raji, Clay Matthews, and T.J. Lang. And after that, it was off and running because Bulaga was the next year with the number one pick uh, or the first-round pick for them. Morgan Burnett uh, came in. Starks came in. C.J. Wilson came in. C.J. Wilson was instrumental with Howard Green on that defensive front when they were rotating those big bodies with B.J. Raji, Ryan Pickett, Cullen Jenkins. They were bringing those guys in. Bulaga, remember, Mark Tauscher went with the knee injury, and Bulaga filled in like they never missed a beat. Never looked back, and they went on to win a championship. So he was just drafting for best available and hit and hit on many. And that's what you got to do. You got to get three, even maybe four guys out of every draft that's going to fortify your team. That's why this, you go back to 2017, 2018, 2019, you start to look at this and you go, wow, you haven't really fortified your team. You know, 2017, you got Aaron Jones. That's it. That's it. Nobody from 2016 has left. Everybody's gone. The 2018, you got Jair. Bueller. Bueller. Nobody left from 2018. That's why you, you're in this situation right now when it comes to depth issues. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. So, to me, I go best available. That's just, that's just my thought. Go best available. This portion of the program, speaking of the best, our friends is Sloppy Joe's. They're out there in Hubertus on Hubertus. Coming up this weekend, great breakfast. It is a good old-fashioned Wisconsin bar. You want a really good uh, old-fashioned, go in there. Really good one. Bloody Mary's on Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. Saturday morning for that matter. But, oh, yeah. The breakfast, fantastic. And then you go over to a Smoke on the Water where they've got the new chef, Chef Jerry Garcia, is putting together all kinds of terrific stuff at Smoke on the Water. And they've got entertainment. That big hall downstairs is now open, and the stage is always jamming. And they've had a lot of great acts there. So check them out both out. That's Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus in Hubertus. And you go out to Okachi Lake, and that is Smoke on the Water. Oh, yeah, good place to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hear. Good to have you. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. This portion of the program, hey, if you're heading downtown for a Bucks game, uh, just a dinner, a good night out, that is our friends at San Giorgio and Calderon Club, right there on Old World 3rd Street, right across the street from the Hyatt. Man, you talk about terrific food. Good, good, good stuff. Good stuff from our friends Gino and the gang over there. Stop in, tell them we sent you, and, uh, oh, my goodness, get uh, the uh, chicken marsala, which is to die for, or lasagna, or just a plain spaghetti and meatballs. Meatballs have been award-winning over at Calderon Club. Then there's the authentic Napoletana Pizzeria next door at San Giorgio. Either place, you can't go wrong. That is our friends down there at Calderon Club in San Giorgio, and they pair up a lot of those dishes with Cider Boys. Oh, good stuff there. So uh, make sure you stop down, say hi to Gino, get yourself that, some Cider Boys along the way. 
little bit of uh, good stuff in the grill. And, uh, oh, my goodness, uh, great before or after any Bucks game, Marquette game, Admirals game, you name it. If you're downtown, that is the place to go to put the best Italian food you're ever going to put in your grill. Pair it up with Cider Boys. Good to go. That's our friends down there at San Giorgio and Calderon Club, Old World 3rd Street, across the street from the Hyatt. i uh, got some power rankings coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Aaron Rodgers is on Pat McAfee, and as soon as we hear anything of interest, we will get it to you, uh, just an FYI. So if there's anything that comes of it, we'll see, you know, see how the thumb is or what have you. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it up coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, this is from Greg. Greg says, uh, hey, unit, uh, as far as the draft goes, do you go after a number one quarterback or do you go after a number one rise, wide receiver? I think it's time. And again, I, I mean, I know this is a question that's going to continue to come up. We're going to talk about this ad nauseum between now and draft day. So I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here. But this really does depend on what's going to go on with this team and the quarterback situation this year, this upcoming offseason. You know, if Aaron's coming back, is he committed? Is he ready to go? Is he ready to roll? I mean, all that draft stuff. We're, and like I said, we're going to talk about this a lot after the season ends. Uh, and as... <laughs> The Packers' positioning uh, becomes more and more evident when it comes to the NFL draft. But um, right now, I don't know. I don't know. I, I You know, you want to say go best available, you know, but um, <laughs> if Rodgers is staying, I think you continue to fortify it with as many weapons as you can possibly get. Or, you know, defense, you know, pass rush, another, you know, linebacker. I mean, whatever it is you can get, you know, another corner, uh, whatever. I mean, whatever top player you're going to get, whatever falls to you, if you don't trade up to get somebody, that's the direction you go. I, I You don't deviate from that. And then the other question has to become, and I think, uh, and this is Alan says the same thing. Alan says, let's be honest, if we have a top 10 draft pick, do you trust Brian Gutekinds to be the right guy to make that call? If you're in the top 10 and everybody is pretty much rated near the top 10, I don't think you're going to go too wrong. You know? Uh, even if they turn out to be an average player, you're still getting a contributing guy. But anybody near the top 10, now, you obviously, when you get a top 10 player, you're expecting one, that guy that's going to come in and start right away. He's going to be a difference maker. He's going to be somebody that com comes in and fortifies that position almost immediately. No doubt. Unless, of course, you're going to be a quarterback, and then you're going to be behind Aaron Rodgers for at least a year. But, again, it depends on if you're going to. If you believe that you have hit on that quarterback in Jordan Love, and he's paid his dues, right, then I think you – you you move in a in a different direction. You don't need to go after a quarterback, you know. Um, but you can get an edge rusher. You know, you get uh, um, Will Anderson. You can get. Um, I mean, they just got so many. You got C.J. Stroud's going to be one of the top quarterbacks. Bryce Young's going to be one of the top quarterbacks. We all know that. Those t those two guys are near the top, right? They're top, top 10. But, and I haven't really taken too deep of a dive into the draft yet. I got to be honest with you. But if, if you got, say, a down lineman, you got uh, Brian Brees, right? Uh, Miles Murphy, the edge rusher from Clemson. Um, uh, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, you pay, take him. He's six foot. 
he's with USC. Or maybe uh, Broderick Jones, the big offensive tackle from Georgia, going back into that Georgia camp again. But it, it depends on either, one, what falls to you and what you really need, or you say, you know, we're going to go after this. This is what we're targeting. And then go from there. But I think the first question you have to ask yourself is, do you believe that you know Brian Gutekunst is going to pull the trigger right on the first three, four guys? You you need the if you trade away Jordan Love, you got to get Ben. What would you say Jordan Love's worth? What's what's his trade value? Third round, fourth round, where we stand today? Yeah, I would say so. Like probably third or fourth. Um, yeah. After he plays, I would expect it to go up a bit. You would hope? Because he's, yeah. I expect it to, I guess. Yeah. You would hope? Um, yeah. You, you could go, uh, you know, in the second round, you can go Anton Harrison, the big offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. You know, you can go if you want to continue to try to fortify your offensive line at that point. Um, but there, there's, you know, there's Anthony Richardson, who's the quarterback out of, uh, out of uh, Florida. He's another one that's you know projected to be pretty good, although I don't know if he's going to end up being a, a first-rounder. He's right on the edge. Um, I, I don't know. I, I haven't gone that deep into it. He might not come out this year because right. he has been a – he's had a subpar season, I'm right. to say. Same with Levis. Which is the reason he's on the outside of the first round as of right now. Um, but any, anyway, I – We've got a lot of time to start thinking about the NFL draft at this point. A lot of time. Right now, you're just, you're just trying to to win a few games, figure out what you got. If you win a couple, then you're going to probably play Aaron Rodgers in this one. You're going to play him in Chicago. You're going to get that thumb through the bye week and see what you can do down the stretch run. It's not until you're eliminated that maybe at some point you say, okay, Jordan Love, we're going to give you a week or two's worth to kind of see what we got because we got to make some decisions this offseason yet again. It's not that you don't know what you have in Jordan Love. You know, it, it's not that you don't know because you pretty much know. You, you, you know what you got in Jordan Love. All you're looking now is if you put him in another game situation is the validation of what it is you believe you have. You saw him against Kansas City. You saw him in the second half of that Detroit game. Both games he knew he was either starting and or playing. They weren't spectacular. He had a couple throws, a couple nice throws. He came back with more confidence this year, looked pretty good in the preseason in certain situations. But it, still, there wasn't a lot there to say, oh, boy, here, here, here you go. You know, you're, re- you're ready to take the reins because you, you didn't see that. What you saw was good mobility. You saw some scramble capability. You saw that he had a little bit of ability to throw on the run. He dropped it in the bucket a couple of times. So is there enough there to say that can warrant a third or fourth round draft choice if you decide to trade him? But you really, this comes down to the sit-down at the end of the season with the quarterback. It really does. Uh, Let's go to John listening to us in Madison. John, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, You bet. About Aaron Rodgers, when when once again it sounds like the same old story will come up about, well, what is Aaron going to do for next year? Uh, What does he he do if he stays? $59 million or $50 million and and uh, why would he? Why wouldn't he want to stay? I'll just leave it with you. 
Um, well, why wouldn't he want to stay is because maybe he just doesn't want to have the end of his career looked at as either portion of a, a patchwork rebuild or something else. Um, but the reason he would want to stay is because obviously there's going to be a lot of money coming his way. You know, I mean, that's the reason why. He's going to have a boatload of money coming in his direction. So that's the reason he's going to be coming back. Now, if he just says, hey, trade me, then maybe that changes things depending on, you know, what amount of money another team would be willing to take if indeed, you know, when it comes to all of that. I mean, I don't know. It's whatever you can work out. But uh, Rodgers, I don't, I don't believe now most people seem to think the number one reason, there's one reason why Aaron Rodgers would not decide to call it a career this year. One reason. And that would be because we know at the end of this season, this is it. Tom Brady's going to be done. And that means if you retire the same year as Tom Brady, you're sharing the stage with Brady. And Brady is the GOAT. You don't want to be on that stage being completely overshadowed by Tom Brady going into the Hall of Fame in five years. So you're probably going to come back and play one more year. Now, whether it's with the Green Bay Packers or whether it was with somebody else, at least one more year. That decision will then be made, and then are you all in? And if you're all in, what is this team doing to fortify itself both through the draft and through free agency? And what is the capability? And what guys do they have to let go? That's the other you know thing. And what sucks is that if you are indeed trying to rebuild certain areas and fill certain holes with draft choices because you uh, were not able to keep specific players because of money, obviously because of, of you know, impending free agency and or larger contracts then you're drafting for need and that's never a good position to be in because if you miss you have literally put that those eggs in that basket and that's not going anywhere whereas if you just draft best available you can then patchwork guys together and you know that the best available talent is going to have time to shine but when you start drafting for need man i go back to mike sherman talking about drafting for need who I don't know if I'd go in that direction. That's that's just me. 877-867-1670. B.J. Hunter. That's all you need to know. B.J. Hunter. Oof. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Maybe you're selling. You're going to invest at this point in time. You invest in a property that maybe somebody's getting ready to get rid of. And I know the interest rates are high, but it's eventually going to come back down. You can check her out on Facebook. Email her at lisamoveswi at gmail.com. lisamoveswi at gmail.com. Or call her 414-617-6798. 414-617-6798. She's got a great team of experts that uh, you know she works with. And they can get you a 1% closing cost credit right now up to three grand, and help you get some free mortgage refinancing on loans closed this season still. So... There you go. All you got to do is go to lisamoveswi at gmail.com, get a hold of her, or call her 414-617-6798 because uh, not many people thinking about moving this time of year, but that's when you can probably strike the best deals, too, because it's really slow right now, housing market-wise, in many different facets. 877-867-1671. Hit us up. Feel free to go ahead and do so. Aaron Rodgers talking with Pat McAfee about that dreaded thumb. Well, there was some wind as well. I mean, I wasn't talking necessarily about the throws. I mean, you know, if you don't throw a perfect spiral in the Green Bay wind, you know, there's going to be a couple wobblers. So, um, you know, the expectation of a perfect spiral is 
kind of what I've been known for and what I expect. And if, if there's anything less than that, then you know, obviously there was something uh, that uh, that contributed to that. I, you know, my thumb is, is what it is. You know, it's been it's been an issue since the Giants, but not an issue that I'm going to rely on for an excuse or need. I mean, after the Cowboys game, I put basically every ball exactly where I wanted to, and there wasn't any questions about how my thumb was. I miss, you know, miss two throws. I probably hit, you know, 99 out of 100, and, and people are wondering what's going on. It's, nothing's changed week to week. It wasn't like it got better one week and then got worse the other week. You know, it goes through things each week. It gets hit, various plays, and and uh, I mean, even the Dallas game, I, when I fumbled, I got hit right on the thumb. You know, and that, and that and that bothered me, but still was able to make some throws. I got hit, you know, a few times in the game. And, you know, just just depends on, on uh, a lot of other factors. But it's not an excuse. I'm not going to use it as an excuse. It is what it is. I suit up every week and expect to play well. They're saying it was broken or something like that. Are you going to end up using a glove? Will you ever end up having to go to a glove? Or, yeah. or is that something yeah. you would never, ever do? <laughs> no, I'm not a glove guy. Well, you know, are you a broken thumb quarterback guy, too? Have you ever had to do this mm. before? Has this been something you've ever had to do before? I mean, I've broken other fingers in the past. I played a you know a season, a stretch in college with my index finger, my throwing hand broken. I broke my pinky on, on both hands at various times. Uh, cracked you know wrist, uh, non-throwing. You know, it's which makes certain things painful, getting snaps or whatever. But you know, if I still feel I can go out there and throw it the way I throw it, then obviously I'm gonna keep playing. Well, Ben, so is that an admission that the thumb is broke? Not directly, which means uh, I I guess we can't say that it is because then he'll say, oh, I never said it was broken. But right. from the from the the sneaking around it, it sure sounds like it is. So the the whole discussion there is about the thumb being broke. Are you a broke thumb kind of guy? And then he just said, well, I play with other broken bones. But never says, yeah, it's broken, I, but I played with other things before. He just says, yeah, I played with other broken bones before. I had, you know, both pinkies and on and on and on. But it's it's sure, I'll tell you this, I mean, and again, I go back to that, and I thought about that that day when, when Aaron Rodgers was asked specifically, is the thumb broke? And uh, if you listen to Mike Clemens when he was on with us yesterday, you know, Aaron in very stern eyes looked right at the reporters if, as if to say, don't ask me again, and said, it's hurt. My thumb is hurt. My thumb is hurt. Looking with, you know, the laser eyes of don't ask me again. So, but... You know, because we have been duped in the past, if you will, about the immunization versus vaccination, you know, but nobody wants to go to the next next one, you know, to the next level. Say, well, wait a minute. But is that fun? Is it broke? Is there a broken bone in your thumb? So listen to what he had to say. Well, you're not, are you a broken thumb quarterback guy, too? Have you ever had to do this before? Has this been something you've ever had to do before? I mean, I've broken other fingers in the past. I played a, you know, a season, a stretch in college with my index finger, my throwing hand broken. I broke my pinky on, on both hands at various times, uh, cracked, you know, wrist, uh, non-throwing, you know, it's which makes certain things painful, getting snaps or whatever. But, you know, if I still feel I can go out there and throw it the way I throw it, then obviously I'm going to keep playing. 
So, you know, are you a broken thumb kind of guy? Have you played with broken, you know, he, it, McAfee is not, he's going to lead you to water, but he's, there's no way he's going to pin down Aaron Rodgers. No way. He's not going to. Otherwise, you, he would say, are you a broken thumb kind of guy? Or it, he would ask him directly, or do you have a broken thumb? But he won't do it, which tells you probably <laughs> that it is. But he he's he's one hundred percent correct. He had terrific throws in the game against the Cowboys. He had some terrific throws, and nobody really brought the thumb into question. And then you get it, you know, banged up a little bit, and then the next thing you know, it's. It's sore. You miss a couple of throws on a windy day, as he had mentioned, and all of a sudden the thumb is the the main topic of conversation. So I get it. He doesn't want to go there. He doesn't want to you know bring that all up. And you certainly don't want teams gunning for you. It's bad enough that teams know you got a, a bum thumb to begin with, much less they start gunning in your direction. You know. So, it, I I if I had to sit here today and say I would say he's not using it as an excuse. But I think for what we all kind of look at and hear about, I would probably say, yeah, at the end of the season, you about, yeah, it's, it had a small fracture in whatever bone. And so, yeah, he had a, uh, he had a broken thumb. So I think, I think we'll probably hear that at the end of the season. I didn't believe that at first because he was so emphatic about it. But then the more you listen to it, and when Mike Clemens went through that whole scenario yesterday when he played back all of those sound cuts all those sound bites of rogers in denial talking about it but he never says no he says it's hurt and then just like there with with pat mcafee he doesn't admit to the question it doesn't admit to the answer of the question by saying yeah it's broke he just goes on about ah, i played with this i played with that this was broken that was broken you know i've done it before but he doesn't come out and say yes or no which at this point in time it's kind of mood isn't it <laughs> Just, you know, hey, Aaron, uh, if you get it hit a weird way, it's going to hurt, and it's going to cause you to, you know, take snaps under center weird. It's going to cause you to maybe have that ball float a little bit. You know, okay. So is what it is. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show on this Tuesday edition. Coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready to face the Eagles in Philly on Sunday Night Football. Eagles GM Howie Roseman continues to make moves, adding Nadamika Sue and former Vikings Linville Joseph after trading for the Bears' Robert Quinn and coached by veteran defensive line coach Tracy Rocker. They were able to hold Wisconsin's Jonathan Taylor to under 100 yards. In a 17-16 win at Indy, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. We clawed, we scratched, we fought. And we kept, we kept going, and, and we won at the end. And so I think any time your back's against the wall, a tribute to Coach Rocker and a tribute to Sue and a tribute to Lindell, that they were able to do it. And that's, you know, and obviously so appreciative to Howie and his staff for getting those guys in here. The Eagles improved to 9-1. and one. Green Bay struggled in that disappointing loss to the Titans last Thursday night. Matt will floor on what he told the team after slipping to a record of 4-7. and seven. 
Well, I think you always got to be honest about where you're at. Yeah, we are in a, in a really tough spot. The message that I articulated to our team is every game, it, it's a one-game season from here on out. Every game is absolutely critical. They all are. There is no margin for error. So we've got to get a lot of things corrected, and we've got to look at some of the things that we're asking of our players and making sure that it's just, again, some of those repeat mistakes, whether it's offense or on defense or on, on teams, just can't have them happening. The Packers' Christian Watson now leads all rookie receivers in the league with five touchdown receptions last week that tied a franchise record set by Hall of Famer James Lofton. Watson on what's next. Uh, I mean, we just got to find a way to dig deeper find a way to do better, find a way to give more, and find a way to win. That's Packers rookie wide receiver Christian Watson. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but the NFL and the NFLPA, the NFLPA, I should say, uh, they filed a grievance today claiming that the NFL and uh, all the teams have colluded against its players' pursuit of fully guaranteed deals. There's a third-party arbitrator that's supposed to hear this grievance. Um, the union filed that, uh, quote, in recent weeks. Uh, the Athletic was the first reported that the NFL general counsel, Jeff Pash, sent a memo to NFL teams on October 20th notifying of the union's claim that teams plan to prevent the use of of fully guaranteed contracts for, quote, certain quarterbacks, end quote, in light of the Deshaun Watson deal. Um, and the NFLPA contends, uh, according to the reports, that the owners have agreed not to give out large-scale fully guaranteed deals uh, at the August meeting. Now, they must have some pretty f- powerful evidence of that. And here's the reason why. Because Deshaun Watson, now we know Kirk Cousins got a deal. It was, you know, three years, $90 million, here you go. And then he got another one. Um, but it wasn't crazy money like they dealt out to Deshaun Watson for, you know, years and years and years. Uh, and I know Lamar Jackson is looking for 200, upwards of 250 or more guaranteed, million or more guaranteed. Um, I understand. This is why people just hate Jimmy Haslam. Uh, a lot of these owners just they wanted to see Cleveland, you know, kind of go down because they didn't want that contract to be held up. They wanted that deal to basically go down. Um, the, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, it's a non-fully guaranteed deal. Remember that extension? Russell Wilson was another one uh, that signed a non-fully guaranteed deal. It's because of the fr- the, the fragility of quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, granted, they get treated differently, and they get treated with kid gloves. But, you know, you lose a quarterback for a year or two, and especially when those deals start to come, that that we're finding out, it handcuffs your team. It really cash-straps your team. So, I mean, I know that they they want these fully guaranteed deals. I get all of that. But it doesn't make good business sense to say you have to have a fully guaranteed deal because one owner, two owners, really, was Ziggy Wolf, you know, giving that all that money to Kirk Cousins, fell on their head. You know, it, it just it just doesn't, especially when you're giving a deal to Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played now in uh, more than a year and a half. 
and hasn't really been able to practice too much. So it, it just it never made sense to give him that kind of a deal, but they did. And because of that deal, that deal with Deshaun Watson was supposed to raise the bar. If anything, to me, that was the salvo over the bow for some of these owners to say, whoa, wait a minute, this is getting out of hand. We don't want to do this. This is this is not this is not the direction we want this league to go. And now the players' association's pissed because they're trying to put the blank back in the horse, and you can't do it. Um, that's why so many owners were really, really unhappy with what Jimmy Haslam did in Cleveland. It's bad enough you got Kirk Cousins, who has only won one playoff game in his career, making all that money. Then you turn around and give it to a guy that off the field had so many issues. And on the field, he's been good, but he hasn't been spectacular for, you know, whole seasons. And But yet you're going to give him this deal. So anyway, um, the NFLPA filing the grievance. And now we'll wait and see because we all know. I mean, the eyes are on Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson wanted money upwards $250 million or more and guaranteed. And, they, and Baltimore said, we're not doing it. Not going to do it. Ravens owner Steve Biscotti was candid when speaking about Watson's deal uh, at the NFL owners' meetings in March. He said, I'm I'm trying to answer that uh, when I had a reaction to it, and it's like, damn, I wish they hadn't guaranteed that whole contract, talking about Deshaun Watson's deal. I don't know that he should have been uh, the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract. To me, that's something that's groundbreaking, and it'll make negotiations harder with others. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to play that game, you know? He said, we shall see. If it was uh, bogged down negotiations with Lamar, then maybe I would have a, a quicker reaction to that news. And that's the way most owners feel. Like I said, Kirk Cousins, a short-term deal, $30 million for a year, you know, $90 million for three, whatever, okay. But $250, $300 million fully guaranteed for a, a, you know, a longer period of time, not, not, in, not in the NFL today. I, don't, I wouldn't do it. It doesn't mean I'm colluding with others. I just it's I think it's bad business. It just is. So anyway, we'll find out uh, you know how that goes down. Obviously, and uh, by the way, the NCAA has awarded Las Vegas, Las Vegas, and you knew this was coming because they wanted to expand their uh, sports footprint. But Las Vegas has been given the Final Four. They're going to put it inside uh, where the uh, Raiders play. My assumption. Uh, But they have given the uh, Final Four to Las Vegas in 2028. 2028. The national championship uh, that season is going to be decided there in Vegas. And the Allegiant Stadium in 2027-2028 season. And they also announced uh, today that Ford Field in Detroit is going to host the Final Four in 2027. Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis is going to get it in 2029. And I've always said, just, just put the damn thing in Indianapolis. They do such a great job with it. And then AT&T Stadium in Dallas will get it in 2030. But Vegas getting the nod. How about that? There you go. Hey, don't forget, coming up tomorrow night, 6 to 8, it's the Bill Michael Shuttle brought to you by Bud Light. We're going to be at the Deer District at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 6 to 8. Make plans to be there. Bucks and Bulls at the Fiserv Forum later that evening. Come on by, say hi first, then head over to the Bucks and Bulls game. Enjoy it. Be a good night. Night before Thanksgiving. Out and about. All right. Good stuff today. That'll do it. Time for us to get out of here. Have a going. Hoop. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. 
Listen, rate, subscribe.